Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Joining us on the line now is Michael Bagram, labor lawyer and South African politician. Michael, good afternoon. Great to have you on board again. Hi, thank you. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. No, indeed, Michael. Thank you for making the time to join us as we are looking now at, uh, shall we say, employment uh, situations in the workplace, so to speak, and in this case, employment equity in the workplace. We're 29 years up the road, and this still represents a contentious issue, if you could put it that way, which in turn, it looks as if it will be contended soon, it seems. So, Michael, if we can start with my first question to you. President Ramaphosa and I has just signed a new Employment Equity Act into law. What's different about this law? Well, it's not a new act. It's a new uh, amendment to the employment equity legislation Okay. Uh, for BE transformation. We've had 29 years, and it's been a complete failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you must understand this is social engineering. This is what the apartheid government did. This is what the Nazis did. Social engineering never works in, in the long term. In the short term, yes, it's mm-hmm. destructive. In the short term, it seems to give some people some hope, Mm -hmm. but it never works in reality. And what they've done now is they've said, no, it's not working, and so we're going to make it much more harsh. And so what's happened is um, the government, um, through basically bulldog power, has pushed through this new amendment by saying that the Minister of Employment and Labor is able to have sector-specific targets. Now, this is the minister who has his own ministerial discretion. Mm -hmm. In other words, the minister will decide. For instance, in the motor industry, we're going to have, for all companies that um, are over 50 employees, we're going to have 80% black, for instance. And that's what has to happen. You have to reflect that. Otherwise, the inspectors will arrive and give you real onerous fines. Uh, It is absolutely ridiculous uh, the way we're seeing it because, first of all, the economy is shrinking. Right. That we understand. Second of all, we know that the unemployment in South Africa is basically the worst in the world. And then thirdly, we know productivity is the second worst in the world. So now what you have is you have more onerous conditions placed on employers, which is forcing them to re-look at their structures. Now, as a labor lawyer, I'm looking at some of the structures of my clients, mm-hmm. and we're saying, well, let's shrink the workforce even more. Well, there we go. Let's if... rather outsource. If we want to manufacture something, we'll get it manufactured in another jurisdiction. Right. Um, the whole thing is ridiculous. And, of course, uh, Michael, that's going to lead to downscaling because there is that uh, rule that it, it, it's 50 and above. Am I correct in saying so? So, what, yes. so obviously now that's going to be played upon. Uh, to Absolutely. well, there we go. That that's going to be, so to speak, the loophole. We're going to do. We're going to reduce well, it to below well, fifty, not, and not that, even a loophole. Well, it's just forcing. In a matter of speaking, keep, yeah, it's forcing companies to keep their employment right. figures under fifty. Right. If you're just over fifty, it forces you to look at operational requirements. Right. And and the reality is also it will force people to mechanize, computerize, right, standardize. In other words, don't create employment. Do everything that you can do not to create employment. And we know it's small business. Small business creates employment in South Africa in the world. The economists are telling us. So there's no incentive for a small business to say, listen, we employ 40 people. Mm -hmm. Let's try and aim for employing 80 people. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as you're over the 50 threshold, then you have to go through these ridiculous loops that the government has now set up 
as targets. Right. Uh, it is ridiculous. We've just come out of apartheid. We're trying to survive at the moment, and we've got all sorts of other issues, small issues like electricity, uh, small oh, well, issues like go. fraud. So, I mean, this just adds to the pile. It's like, you know, we, you've got problems, so we're just going to add a couple of more problems onto the business community. Well, as you I, say- I actually can't believe it's been done. Well, yeah, it's 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 baffling, it's mind-boggling. You know, to use the the word, it's it's compounding. It's it's really impacting on everything. And of course, now below fifty, that's going to reduce the workforce and put more people onto the street. There is one little glimmer of hope, and that glimmer of hope is that the president has not issued the new government gazette, bringing it into the fore. In other words, he signed off the amendment, right? But the government gazette has not been printed. So it's not law yet, okay. and I know that there are people planning to litigate. Right. I know the Democratic Alliance, the party that and, I belong and to. And solidarity, I think. And solidarity. So we're going hand in glove with solidarity to the court to say you're destroying the business community. This is ridiculous. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so just very quick, how different is this in particular from employment equity practices, expectations from before? Well, the difference is that the minister now has sole discretion Mm -hmm. to look at an industry and say, I'm deciding that this industry is now going to have this target. Um, He has promised that he will look and uh, consult with the industry itself. Right. But you know what happens when you say, don't worry, I'll consult. Consulting Mm. doesn't mean negotiate. Consult means I'll hear you and then I'll make up my own mind. Exactly. Now, we've got a minister who is... (laughs) The died in the wool communist, and he's also pushed very strongly by Kasatu. So, sure. do you think he's going to worry too much about what the business community has to say? Not even an iota. And Michael, I mean, think about this interference. I mean, you, it, uh, HR is central to any business. I mean, that that that's HR out the out the window practically. Then, well, yes, because the, you can't now choose a person that you think is fit for purpose. You can't choose the person that you think is best for the job. Sure. You now have to fill your targets. Indeed. So you might have to choose someone that isn't fit for purpose. It might happen yeah. that, in fact, a person who is previously disadvantaged is, in fact, the person that's fit for purpose. But then that person will be chosen in any event because every business is desperate for the skills. Indeed. We've got a skills deficit in South Africa. <laughs> so if you've got a person that doesn't matter how, if they happen to be black, white, pink, or yellow. Yes then you will choose them because they've got that skill. And when we're desperately trying to even import skills, that will come to an end as well. Right. And also to add to that, Michael, imagine now from an international investment perspective, I mean, one can just uh, imagine the eyebrows being raised at all this going on. Well, they are. I've got clients that are American-based. They've invested in business in this country. And they're saying, well, we want to employ who we want to employ. Sure. We're not really interested exactly. in whether they're black or white. We're interested in what we can get out of them. Right. And I'm saying, no, sorry, fellows, you're over 500 employees. You will now have to hit targets. As soon as the government gazette is signed and printed, that will become the, the target. And we wait. Now we're all waiting for the regulations. And you know the devil's always in the detail. Yes. The act is one thing. The amendment is one thing. The regulations will be, I mean, like walking through mud. Um, I can imagine that we're going to have the most ridiculous set of regulations you've ever seen. Watch this space. Sure.
Michael, just very quickly, Solidarity and DA, I was meant to run this by earlier on. We, you did touch on to them now, uh, endeavoring to take this on. What in particular are they targeting? What, what in particular bothers them on this? Well, what really bothers them is the ministerial discretion. Mm-hmm. That there is no, there's no, no force on the minister to actually go and negotiate with the, with the industry. We have sure. bargaining councils in many of the industries. The bargaining councils themselves are negotiating forums, mm-hmm. and the minister should, in fact, probably lean towards those bargaining councils and say, you negotiate, and then come back to me, and then I'll set the targets. So the reality is we can't stop the legislation going ahead, but we can have it restructured. And hopefully, with Ramaphosa holding back the actual government gazette, hopefully he's going to re-look at that. So there is a glimmer of hope out there. And of course, for people who are legitimately below 50 employees, this might be good news for them anyway. Um, I have clients that Mm -hmm. are in 30, 20, maybe even 40 employees, and they're very happy because their turnover is pretty high, whereas before they fell under the regulations, now they don't. Indeed. Well, as you mentioned, the small businesses, you alluded to that earlier on, that's the backbone of the industry. And uh, that's in actual fact what we want to escalate and what we want to promote and what we want to see on the uh, up and go. You could put it that way, Michael. Michael, we've just about run out of time. Thank you so much again for making the time to join us this afternoon just to give us a breakdown as to what this uh, Employment Equity Act is all about. Michael Begram, a labor lawyer and a South African politician.